Welcome to our first episode of Wikimove. This is a new podcast where we discuss the future of the Wikimedia movement. I am Nicole Ever, and with me today is Niki Zeuner. We are both working for Wikimedia Deutschland in the movement strategy and global relations team. This episode was recorded at 2 p.m. CET on April 1st, 2022. Things may have changed since we recorded this, but what hasn't changed and what we still know is... By 2030, Wikimedia will become the essential infrastructure of the ecosystem of free knowledge. And anyone who shares our vision will be able to join us. How do we actually get there? We have to move to Wikimove. Wikimove is a forum for open and frank conversations about topics related to movement strategy. It is not so much about having all the answers, but it's about exploring questions together. It's about thinking together on stage and on air. These topics, they can be derived either from the strategic direction, from the recommendations, the principles, the initiatives, or from even larger issues from our knowledge ecosystem and issues that are relevant to the transformation of the Wikimedia movement. What we hope is that this space will create opportunities to participate, to contribute and to provide feedback. And our home is not only the audio podcast, but we also have a meta page. Just go to https okay column, column. yeah 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 <laughs> okay okay it's on meta people so you can just find it okay you will find all the relevant links and uh, descriptions on in the show notes and on meta so what's the culture and the mood of this pro podcast we want this to be a space for respectful exchange and mutual support we want to look into the future with optimism rather than complaining about the past And we want to still pay respect to the old movement, but at the same time, critically question like the systems that we've built, which may be somewhat colonial, which may be unequitable structures, narratives, habits that we've had. So this will be a show that will, where we question those things. Uh, we want to shine a light on those people who try new things and develop innovations, people succeed and people who fail while doing so. Duration, ambiguity, uncertainty are welcome in this show. And we especially welcome people with questions. And we don't expect ready-made solutions. So it's a forum for conversation. The audience is anyone in the Wikimedia movement, of course, who's interested in the strategic direction or in how we're going to get there. And we'll also do a little bit latest talk of the town stuff. So we'll have some fun here. Uh, our guests are people who are working on 2030 initiatives or are participating in governance reform or people who come from underrepresented communities, also people from other movements and those who have experiences and innovations to share. We want to strengthen mutuality and solidarity in our movement, and we want to show that there are people inside and outside of our movement that have already developed solutions. So, Nicole, can you tell us about today's show, please? On today's show, we'll be talking about knowledge as a service. What does it mean and how can we actually bring it to life? This uh, knowledge as a service is one of the two pillars in the strategic direction. And we feel that it has not been discussed that much since 2017. Or has it? So we want to take a deeper dive into this field And of course, we are not alone here. We will be having two wonderful guests with us today, Guillaume Pommier, who will shed light on the origin story, and Tochi Precious, who will share ideas on the future. You'll hear from them soon, but first we will start with the latest news from the movement. So let's just jump right in and look at what's happening in our movement right now. Um, I want to first start with a sad and, and disturbing item, which is the war in Ukraine and the war in Europe. But our movement has really stepped up to the plate and we've collected some really um, helpful resources for both people who are trying to be informed on the war, people who are affected by it. So refugees and people in Ukraine and people in Russia. There's a, a meta page on the Russian invasion on, in Ukraine. So please go there, see what you can do to help our colleagues and folks who are 
affected by this war and see what you can do to contribute to good information about this. And we'll talk a little bit at the bottom of the show about uh, our role in disinformation and misinformation combat. So um, what else is going on? And there's a photo contest actually going on. Wiki loves Africa. It's actually a photo, video and audio contest. And uh, this year's theme is home and habitat. Get your camera and take photos of your Africa. And it's running until 15th of April. But I'm also sure you might be asking yourselves, what's actually going on with the governance reform in our movement? What governance reform? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> so there's a recommendation for that uh, in, in the movement strategy recommendations, it says there should be a charter written that defines how movement is governed and run in the future. Well, there's people, actually dedicated volunteers uh, that are working on that right now. And that group is, also, is known as the MCDC, the Movement Charter Drafting Committee. Here a virtual big round of applause for those folks who have agreed to spend a lot of their time learning about how international movements are governed, how they are run, and who want to write something that is up to date for us and works for our movement. You can find out what they're doing. They're doing all this in a very transparent way. And there's a page on Meta. <laughs> Um, so Nicole, you're sort of the event queen. <laughs> What is going on around events in the movement? Events, yeah. events, events. Yeah, there have been a couple of announcements in the recent weeks and there will be more coming up. So the first one is the Wikimedia Hackathon, which is happening in May. It's going to be an online event, but there are grants available for hosting regional or local events for community members. So maybe also knowledge as a service might be a topic there. And then the huge event of the movement Wikimania is going to happen again this year in August. It will also be, uh, no, it will be a hybrid event with the main event being online, but also with support being available for regional or local events. And then we also have some big news to share. Wikimedia Deutschland is going to host the Wikimedia Summit again this year in September, also as a hybrid event for Wikimedia affiliates and the Wikimedia Foundation. And the participation will be on site here in Berlin, but also, of course, remotely. And the focus will be on implementation of movement strategy, the governance reform and the programmatic work. And also some good news related to events and uh, gatherings. The Wikimedia Foundation has lifted the restrictions on travel related to COVID-19. So there is hope on the horizon that this year will really be the moment where we can see each other in person again. I just want to uh, say that for the next episode, we also wanted to want to share your news. So please go to our meta page and let us know what we should mention or announce in this section of the show. Thanks, Nicole. So we have another section that's called, Is That Hope I'm Feeling? And in this section, I wanted to ask you, Nicole, since I was gone for a bit, um, did you hear any news lately from the hub frenzy? People are creating hubs. And I wonder what you think right now, who's going to create the coolest hub? Yeah, I might be a little bit biased here. So I'm not going to state the obvious. But what I want to say is, for me, the really the coolest uh, hub can be, be the Central and Eastern European hub, the CEE hub. Exactly. The, this group or this like uh, collection of or collective of affiliates in the Central and Eastern European region, they have been working together like for so very long. They have hosted regional events. We both have been to their events and have enjoyed it a lot. And they have explored how they can work together and support each other. And now the form basically follows these functions and they are getting closer to actually founding this. This happened. They have even written a grant request and asked the foundation for support. So if you want to know more about hubs and how they, how they are built, then check out that example. Well, there's lots of other hubs too, but I guess we, that could be a, a topic for a future show. So if you, if you feel a little, hmm, they're not talking about my hub, give us a call and uh, we'll, we'll feature you on the show. I'm, I'm especially interested in, in hubs that are maybe non-European. With that, speaking of non-European, we'll, uh, we'll 
turn to our guests and to our topic of today. So we want to talk about knowledge as a service and what this means in its original intent and what it means as a value and as a call for action. Our guests today are joining us via video conference, so please excuse if the sound quality varies just a little bit, but that's that's the way it is. Yes, thank you. Um, we are very excited to have Guillaume Pommier with us. Guillaume was instrumental in the earlier stage, phase one of movement strategy development, uh, to write the strategic direction. Where will our movement go as we move towards 2030? And Guillaume is also an employee of the Wikimedia Foundation since 2009 and has been a Wikimedian since 2005. We verified that with him. And I personally feel that we have known each other forever, if not forever. Our other guest today is uh, Tochi. Tochi Precious is the co-founder and program coordinator for Igbo Wikimedians User Group. And as a Wikipedian in residence at the Moleskine Foundation, has been working on developing and improving the creativity of young African editors and increasing the number of African language Wikipedias. Hey guys, thanks so much for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. And welcome to the inaugural episode of Wikimove. Tochi, before we take the deep dive, um, can you tell us a little bit about the work you do with uh and for your community? Uh, okay, um, for my community, the Igbo Wikimedian User Group, um, we do a whole lot of stuff, but most of my uh, our programs are centered on um, closing the gender gap and trying to promote the Igbo um, culture, the Igbo language, because the UN, according to the UN prediction, um, it was predicted that the Igbo language would um, go um, extinct before 2050 or into by 2050. So we, the Igbos, um, are trying to do a whole lot of stuff to um, um, kind of keep the Igbo language going, uh, let more people try as much as possible to know about the Igbo culture, um, to keep it up to date. And then also as a Wikipedia in residence, um, we're also trying to um, spread more awareness of the Wikimedia um, movements, also trying as much as possible to get more Africans, especially the young generation, to um, keep editing, keep sharing information about Africa in various African languages. So that's um, what my work has actually been centered on so far. Thank you. That's incredible. So I hope we're going to learn a lot from you today. Um, but first, uh, let's talk. Uh, introduce a little bit the term knowledge as a service. So, Nicole, you were the manager um, of the global strategy process that took place from 2018 to 2020. But something important happened before that. So you were handed something. Uh, can you talk about that? Yes, I can. I can talk about it. Uh, and I try to talk about briefly. Uh, and make it short. So in 2017, the strategic direction has been developed in this huge participatory process with involvement from across the movement, including also new voices and partners, for example, um, that were not yet part of our movement. And the result of that, what we can probably call mega endeavor, uh, is the strategic direction for our movement and uh, that by 2030 we will be the essential infrastructure. Um, and this direction, it has two pillars, knowledge equity and knowledge as a service. And you can read more about them on Meta. Yes. So the other pillar, knowledge equity, is also sort of hard to grasp maybe. Um, but I feel like we've had a good amount of conversations about what that means. So we talked about what are marginalized communities, uh, what is marginalized knowledge. So the whole idea of knowledge equity is how do we change the way we work to be more inclusive and welcoming and make our content really reflective of the world we live in and make it matter. So that's knowledge uh, equity. But the, the other pillar of knowledge is a service to me can mean a lot of things. To me personally, it points to a super active role, just building things. Um, and to us as people and institutions of a movement taking responsibility and leadership. But we have Guillaume here, who's sort of mostly responsible for all of this. So handing back to you, Nicole. Yeah, Guillaume, uh, without further ado, can you tell us more about your involvement and your experience in the movement strategy process? Uh, yes. Hi. Um, 
I'm very glad to be here with you today. Um, so as, as you've explained, uh, we've been on this uh, journey for movement strategy for like four to five years now. And uh, the first phase was to um, get some alignment as a movement on where we wanted to go. And I was a, I was a lead architect for the first phase uh, when we all came together as a movement um, and tried to discuss our future and you know what what the world around us looked like and what we should like what our place in it was. Um, and as as you've explained, uh, we we had a lot of discussions, a lot of research, and then we pulled all of that together into uh, a, a distillation of our hopes and dreams, <laughs> which was the the strategic direction. Um, and you know we we talk a lot about the direction as the main um, outcome of uh, of the first phase, but I think all the all those discussions, all that process of trying to figure out a common future, um, or the another uh, outcome that is at least as important as the direction is the trust that we rebuilt, um, and the fact that we now agree that we should pull together in the same direction. Um, and I think that is at least as important. <laughs> um, and then I was also involved in one of the working groups uh, that came after that. I was part of the, the, the group on revenue strategy. Um, and my work for the foundation also revolves uh, around strategy and, and revenue and all that. Um, because it's not just um, it's not good enough to have recommendations. We also have to figure out where to get the money to do all of those nifty things. Uh, so that is um, what I'm doing right now. Can you talk a little bit more about the genesis of the term knowledge as a service specifically? Uh, yes, I mean, I, I could talk about this for hours, but I think the, the short version is um, the, the direction that we arrived at um, was, um, it was an acknowledgement that we are a social technical movement. Um, and I, I don't know how many people remember the first draft of the direction, the one that we talked about at Wikimania uh, in, in Montreal. Um, but that one was talking about uh, by 2030, Wikimedia will be the, the roads, bridges, and villages of free knowledge or something like that. And, um, and that language um, had its faults, but also uh, it was echoing um, a, a report that had been uh, written by a researcher called Nadia Ekbal for the Ford Foundation that was, uh, that was titled Roads and Bridges. And that was around um, digital infrastructure and the, the role of free and open source software in the digital ecosystem. And I felt that it was uh, it was great inspiration for us um, because of our aspirations at becoming the infrastructure of free knowledge, and and some of the challenges that we face as a as a movement are similar to some of the challenges that the uh, free and open source software uh, face as well. Um, and that language eventually was changed <laughs> because you know we we are a wiki movement, and so we. Uh, changed it together to something else. And now we talk about being the essential infrastructure and um, and platforms and interfaces and, and all of that. Um, and, and I think it's great, by the way, that we we were able to improve on, on the draft uh, and uh, come to something that was working better for us as a movement. And I think the, the last thing I want to say is that even though we have those two pillars of knowledge as a service and knowledge equity, and we say that, you know, it's related to the fact that we're a social and technical movement. It's not just that knowledge as a service is tech stuff and knowledge equity is people stuff. It's all intermingled and there are components of both uh, technology and, and humans in both. Um, and yeah, I I think it's it's just something to to remember that it's all meshed together. Okay, that makes sense. So um, I'm hoping that in this conversation, we can get a little closer to what it actually means. And I think Tochi is, is here to help us with that. So Tochi, 
When did you hear first about this term knowledge as a service and what were your initial thoughts on the strategic direction maybe? Okay, um, so I had the term, I first had the term knowledge as a service. That was in 2020. And then I was like, okay, media enterprise, um, knowledge as a service. Does that mean that the Wikimedia Foundation intends to start selling the free information we usually got? How is this going to be? How is it going to turn out? But then um, when I got the clearance, I did some researches and then I found out that it was totally different. It's just a way to actually serve, um, serve us better, serve the communities better, serve the end users better. I realized it was something very much useful. So yeah, I had it in 2020 and I'm glad I really did, um, should I say further research to check what it's a lot, what it was all about. And it's a very cool initiative. Yeah. So we are now, we've talked about the like Genesis and uh, how the term came to life basically. But now we are facing these challenges, uh, can I say challenges or the adventures or the good part about actually implementing it. And um, Guillaume, you already said, uh, you said I have five years in my notes. I have four point four and a half years. So it's, it's, uh, really that long ago. Um, the, uh, these years have passed since the term was coined and we have recommendations. And then we had a pandemic and a bunch of leadership changes in our organizations. And yeah, we were wondering, and that's, that was also the, origin of the hosting this show is knowledge as a service still a relevant concept is it still a thing um or does it take on new meaning given all the things that have been happening in the time uh, since it was coined so the i think the, the cheeky answer is that uh yes <laughs> all of this all of the above um You know, I've um, I've been spending time with uh, linguists uh, recently, and one if I have learned one thing is that uh, the meaning uh, of words depends on how we use them. And so I think, of course, the meaning has changed because the meaning of all the words <laughs> change over time, even in those uh, four or five years. Um, and in some ways, um, I, I think that the what has happened in the round around us uh, has had an impact, but um, it, it still makes the concept uh, relevant. At the beginning of the pandemic, we, we saw so many people rushing to Wikipedia and Wikimedia sites for um, accurate, trustworthy information. Um, and, and, and then that information also being embedded in other places um, as, uh, as a standard of, of reliability um, and making sure that that information is accessible and, and can be contributed to um, even as the, the world around us goes through so many uh, changes, I think is, if anything, it's, it's a sign <laughs> that uh, knowledge of service is uh, even more important today, uh, especially with the, the rise of misinformation and disinformation whether it's about the pandemic or geopolitics or, or all of that. Um, so the, I think that the meaning has probably changed a little, but also we have gained a better understanding um, because of what has happened around us. Yeah, thank you, Guillaume. And I know that Nikki has a lot more uh, that she wants to ask too. So I'm going to pause here and hand it back over to you. Thanks. So I forgot to ask Tochi a question earlier and I want to, um, do that now. So the service that we're providing as as a movement to your communities, what are the challenges that your community is facing with the, the things, uh, the way things currently are? Uh, okay, so um, the way things currently are, one of the challenges my community is facing is accessibility. Um, first of all, internet is quite expensive when it comes to Africa as a whole because having had programs in Zimbabwe, Mozambique, South Africa, I've tried to um, compare the, um, should I say, um, the price of internet in, um, in all of these countries and even coming down to Nigeria itself. 
So one of them is the internet, which is making accessibility also very much difficult and challenging for the community. So if, um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of some communities or some um, wiki, should I say, affiliates and user groups that are trying to uh, make Wikipedia available offline, like using the Wikifundi, or um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name of the project very well. And um, another thing too is, when it comes to contribution, um, when you have people who would want to contribute, there's this also ease of contribution is, is kind of a challenge for people from my community. So let's take, for example, this notability issue. Um, someone from Africa, or let me bring it down to Nigeria, you feel, or we know here that this person is very notable in Nigeria. And then you try to put up the, a biography of this person with supporting verifiable resources on um, as references. And then you see someone from another part of the world, probably not even from Africa, not even from Nigeria, who says that this um, content is not, this person is not notable enough. So that ease of contribution makes it way difficult for people, or let's say even the young people we are bringing in to keep contributing. Because for example, if I put up my first article on Wikipedia and then it gets deleted, it's, there's this, um, should I call it, is demoralizing the zeal and this passion enthusiasm I used to go into, it just starts going down. Mm. So this, uh, yeah, this has become a problem for us. Sometimes some of them just even get blocked at just um, creating, at the point of just creating the accounts. I was training um, um, some students some time ago at the African Leadership Academy. And before we could even finish creating accounts and say Jack Robinson, we got an IP block. So it was very, very like, it was demoralizing. Like there was this chaos everywhere. The students that had this zeal to tell the African story, to um, share free knowledge about Africa and also about other people in African languages. Like before we knew what was happening, the zeal was already going down. So mm -hmm. this um, accessibility problem, this ease of contribution problem has become a whole lot of challenge for us. Sometimes it's even the, um, the user interface. Because um, for me, I've been trying as much as possible to see if I can get maybe any community or anyone that would help, help like help to change the Igbo Wikipedia interface. It's really not even welcoming at all. It will like discourage you from doing anything. And even when we come down to the Lexims, Lexims interface is even very difficult for you to even find where do I create a Lexim, where do I start from? So all of these challenges are things that my community members and also my community as a whole is I'm like they are facing and making it difficult both to access the knowledge and even to contribute. Mm -hmm. So those user accounts that were immediately deleted, was that for English Wikipedia? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. Do you have thoughts on how we can fix this? Seriously, the truth is I've been talking. And what the, the recommendation I got was each time you want to hold um like host an edited ton, you have to write to do this and do that for IP block exempt and all of that. But these stuffs are not enough because sometimes you can even end up sending the message and this person does not respond on time for you to be able to do what you want to do. And sometimes we don't even have to um, maybe start going to the English Wikipedia to create an account before you even get blocked. And um, I think another thing was, luckily I was a part of SWAN, the all um, the strategic um, Wikimedia affiliate network. And I just have to reach out to some of them that who are size ups, some of them are administrators, and they help to lift the ban for a particular number of time for us to continue contributing. So my own, um, should I say my own suggestion is, if maybe before you block an account, why don't you try to reach out to the person to know exactly what this person is trying to do? Sometimes articles are deleted, not even because they went against the rule. And these, you just, all of these things are done without even telling the person exactly what they did. And you're wondering, what did I do? What did I do? Even when you ask questions, they are not being responded to. So if um, all of these administrators can, for example, just give you reasons why they have to delete your articles, 
or give you reasons why they have to block you and not just because they feel your IP is from so 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 and so place and then all of because of that they put the whole um should I say blame on you and then you get to participate in something that you don't have no idea of. So if they can at least verify all of these things, it will be more encouraging for people to access and also to contribute. So they shouldn't just do things without um maybe with like without reasons. That's just my own um I think that's just the best way to put it because it's frustrating and and it can also be annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean what you're describing with, with new people being blocked or being discouraged by existing administrators, I think is not just happens to people from Africa, it happens to to new people everywhere and, and in various language versions. But I'm wondering if we need more than sort of individual, you know, addressing individual ad- administrators, but also maybe we need some structural, systemic, regulatory policy, whatever changes that, um, yeah. that, you know, that, that, um, balance out or that even out these these inequalities that that you your communities are particularly facing um which you know shows goes to show what what guillaume said it's it's not just about technology it's about people and it's about a cultural shift that needs to happen um so tochi the strategic direction also means that it says we will build the technical infrastructure that enables us to collect free knowledge in all forms and languages. I want to come to a little bit to that topic of languages. And um, there's been a lot of talk when we talk about languages, what do we call them? Minority languages? No. Small languages? No. There's languages that are spoken by millions of people that are not represented on our projects. So um, you initiated the launch of the, I'm going to butcher this, Makua language Wikipedia. Um, which is, Makua is an African language with over 7 million speakers, but no digital pr- footprint. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about that project? Uh, okay. Um, so the Makua language project actually came from the Afro-Curation um, program, where um, from the Moskin Foundation, where I work as a Wikipedia in residence. So we have this um, program of events. Uh, we call it Afro-Curation. And Afro-Curation events are events where we help to also get more um, younger Africans to start contributing to Wikipedia, start telling the African story, like I always put it, and uh, also to um, just not access knowledge or to swallow every knowledge they get hook, line, and sinker, but also to be able to, should I say, sift between what is good, what is useful, what is not useful, fake information, and all of that. So um, Mozambique was one of the places where we had this series of events, and that was last year, September 2021. Um, when we got to the community, the Mozamb- um, Mozambique, we realized that the language of the people we wanted to work with, which is Makua, is a language of over 7 million people. But then when we were trying to um, look for, when I was trying to look for their language Wikipedia, I couldn't find it. And I had to reach out to um, Amir from the language team to assist in um, setting the language up on the incubator. And um, when he was like telling me to also get some, um, should I say books, online um, blogs or anything that is written in this language particularly so we can know how the language is written, just like, um, for example, Arabic left to right and all of those. I started looking for, I contacted the community and they said they, were, they had none. Even something like a Facebook page where maybe a business does, um, someone does this kind of business, maybe translations, there was actually nothing like that existing. So it was even more frustrating that I couldn't speak um, Portuguese. So it was more like I was limited to um, talking to a, a number of people. But these people were very well-grounded professors from the Rovuma University. And then we realized that this this language had no digital footprint. And then they have a whole lot of speakers, but they really wanted to tell their story. They wanted to resurrect this language. They wanted to digitize the language so it doesn't just go down like that. So um, that was how we got into... um, into getting the um, language into the incubator 
we got um, speakers of the language and also translators of the language, both teachers to translate, to start the media wiki translation. And they started translating their um, um, the language, the incubator interface into the Makwa language and started um, from there, we had the Afro-Curation program where I um, got help from Wikimedia Portugal. Um, some, um, actually, it's just actually one person from Wikimedia Portugal who assisted in teaching them how to um, create articles on Wikipedia because on a normal day, I don't speak Portuguese. And then um, they started writing articles in Makua language. And up to last year, um, November last year, they had... Uh, they participated in the Afro scene um, contest where they wrote about the Mozambican cinema and it was all in the Makwa language. So, so far, the Makwa language Wikipedia has over 202 articles and we're aiming at 300, um, at least 300, so we'll be able to get the language out of the incubator. So um, that has actually um, been the story with the Makwa language. That's so awesome and I wish I could spoke that language because I now I want to read those articles and figure out what's you know what knowledge we're not getting from it <laughs> because all we can do is consume English and German Wikipedia um so I want to hand it back to Nicole and Guillaume here yeah I have a couple of uh, well, one like big question again for Guillaume so we talked about what's behind the term and also about uh, potential steps to implementation but what's actually in front of us let's look at this so Guillaume, do you have any specific thoughts on how knowledge as a service could actually manifest? Um, I, I think the, the the most obvious uh, thing that uh, that comes to mind when we talk about knowledge as a service uh, in the movement is um, access uh, and dissemination of free knowledge and possibly contribution. Um, and, and it's about making sure that free knowledge from Wikimedia sites can reach as far as possible around the world. Um, but I, I think that that's sort of the, the easy part, not, not easy in, in actually implementing, but easy in terms of um, imagining the, like this as, as a manifestation of knowledge as a service. Um, and, and so I, I, I think I want to, to try to open our minds to all the possibilities of what else Wikimedia uh, like knowledge as a service could be, even if that means uh, projecting ourselves a little more into the, the land of future imagination and, and all that. And, you know, I, tr I think about all the knowledge, either free or not yet free, that exists uh, in um, uh, places and organizations uh, that are culturally aligned with us. So, you know, maybe museums and archives and, and memory institutions, um, they, they might want to, um, to use um, Wikimedia products or software for their collection management. Um, and that could then be linked to Wikipedia and other sites, and it could improve the discoverability in, in both uh, directions. It would offer different paths for readers uh, to just walk the, the path of free knowledge, um, like outside and inside of Wikimedia. Um, and, you know, we, we could think about um, federated uh, Wikibase instances between Wikidata and, and Commons, and maybe museums who use uh, Wikibase uh, for their uh, collection management and, and all of that. Um, I know that there's a lot of um, uh, information uh, uh, in the field of bioinformatics and, and medicine uh, with uh, wiki projects that are active around genes and proteins and, and all of that. I think there's a lot of potential for connection um, between all of those um, silos of, of knowledge. Um, and you know, then, you know, Tochi was talking about how uh, in, in on some wikis, there are gaps uh, in um, uh, notability and reliability, which means that uh, people in, um, in, in Europe or the United States feel that a subject is not maybe notable enough. And I, I try to think about the intersection between knowledge equity and knowledge as a service. 
And I, I think we have a, a role to play in developing the infrastructure and the tools and also the social processes to make up for some of that, whether it is to figure out ways um, to document uh, oral knowledge or um, to, to make, uh, make up for some of the, the lack of um, traditional scholarship, uh, whether that's uh, peer-reviewed research or journalism or books or, um, you know, trying to, to, um, to make up for that, for those gaps so that uh, it, it is uh, easier to support knowledge equity with knowledge as a service as well. And, and you know, when we talk about knowledge as a service, um, it, it, it's usually to discuss technology. Um, but I think that uh, technology is not the only service <laughs> that we can offer. Uh, and it may not even be the the, the main one. Um, when Because, you know, I, in 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know if we will still have websites, um, but I do hope that we will still have Wikimedia. Um, and especially in a world where there is so much um, misleading information and so many efforts um, to to try and, and bend the truth and bend the facts. Um, I think that as a, as a movement, our main value may be in our expertise and skill in sorting facts from fiction uh, and you know, weighing the relevance of facts and the trustworthiness um, and that whole uh, capacity for sense making, for you know, for figuring out the reliable facts, um, that could also be a service. You know, we, uh, we could have um, people or organizations reaching out to us um, to to help them figure this out, which they sort of do, but not officially. <laughs> but you know, that could be a whole other thing. Um, and when you think about it, it is about, um, it is still about our mission. It's just a different way of achieving the mission. Um, and I think the, the last thing I, I would want to say on this topic is sometimes I try to think about what could go wrong if everything worked well. Um, and, you know, when, <laughs> when we, you know, what happens if we win in, 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 in a way? And um, and I wrote a scenario about this a few years ago, where basically if we manage too well to uh, to disappear uh, in in the you know behind the scenes where everyone uses our uh, the Wikimedia knowledge but no one knows that they do, then we might uh, be in a situation where we have trouble. Um, sustaining our movement and and our technical and social infrastructure. So I think it's it's also important to make sure that um, we still have ways of showing who we are and what we stand for and how how to keep those feed those uh, feedback loops of contributions and sustainability. I have the feeling we could do a show on each of those <laughs> topics that you that you mentioned and of course also that Tochi uh, mentioned. We could like so dive deep into these things um sense making as a service for example i find that super super interesting to further explore and also like okay of course if we at one point become the essential infrastructure uh yeah well no one nobody sees the infrastructure anymore i mean we've talked about that during the strategy process too that if you know like you said like if people use our knowledge but it's not visible as coming from a wikimedia project then we may lose our funding, we may lose our support, and then ultimately lose our uh, relevance in the world and our visibility. So, so what do we do to stay in people's faces and say, "Look, this, we're providing this service"? And uh, um, the the other thing that I I sort of picked up from your from what you said was. Um, it seems like we, we go into this future, this strategic direction with a bunch of baggage from the past almost, or a bunch of 
rules and things that were that made sense when we made them but now like notability for you know for wiki wikipedians from africa or um some of the things that we do don't make sense anymore even maybe um you know focusing this much on an encyclopedic format of knowledge dissemination might not be what we need in the future so one of the big challenges i think for us is to figure out how do we how do we pay respect to these old ways and means and structures and the culture while also questioning them and allowing for new ones to to come in i want to bring it can we bring it one more time back to tochi and ask sure, a similar yeah. question tochi's so what i haven't asked you is what is knowledge as a service what could it concretely mean for your community um Guillaume has mentioned a bunch of things, but what are what are some of the things maybe that would work particularly well to address some of those challenges that you talked about? Okay, um, so um, for us as a community, knowledge as a service means a way to facilitate access to tangible knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, for example, best practices. So, if we're, we're going to be contributing to Wikipedia, um, just like I was giving the examples previously, and then um, we just try to create the account or just put up an article and it just gets deleted within seconds. What are the best practices? So this is what it means to us. Now, how to, that's also another one, another example. How do we do this? How do we go about doing this and all of that? And um, another thing is also templates, procedures. This is what it means to us, having access to all these tangible knowledge. Yeah. Because what I'm thinking is some of the best practices that we've developed in the global north over the last couple of decades may be not, you know, may not be adaptable or may not be meaningful for for a different context. So I, I really think also that communities like yours uh, or the the ones that you work with need to step up and, and develop their own best practices and really create new new tools and new templates and um, new ways to work also be be willing to throw out the ones that we've developed here if they don't work i'm also thinking maybe we should infil infiltrate social media more with our with our knowledge you know i mean we are we have social media accounts but but just um creating pieces of knowledge that are accessible through social media um, platforms and channels to counterbalance, to you know, actively counterbalance the stuff that's that's being spread there. Guillaume, did, do you have any thoughts? My thinking is uh, trying to find the balance between um, playing our role as, uh, as a champion of free knowledge um, and also providing a, a safe environment for everyone in our movement. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, when, when, you, when you see how many governments want to, to block Wikimedia sites, even when there isn't an invasion going on, you know that uh, free knowledge by itself uh, is, is a radical thing. Um, and so um, even if we just keep doing what we do, we will still be at risk. And we will still continue to to uh, fight this information like every day. But also, um, you know, since since we are talking about we we talked about knowledge as a as a service, uh, I, I think that our role is to provide um, the infrastructure and the tools and the social processes that uh, that keep that sense making machine going, um, and that uh, enables. Um, everyone around the world to contribute to the best of their ability in a safe environment, safe from um, overzealous uh, administrators and safe from uh, authoritarian governments. Um, it's it's all about uh, keeping that that machine going and and doing what it does well, even if we don't always understand. <laughs> Those are wonderful last words. <laughs> looking into the future and I think that uh, wraps it up really well so that's a wrap for the first episode of Wikimove thanks for listening as you can tell we touched upon many many things today 
that may or may not be topics for future episodes. So we scratched on stuff like governance reform, hubs, revenues, the movement charter. We didn't scratch on capacity building, but I want us to at some point. <laughs> and many other topics we'll touch on in further episodes. Um, Wikimove is a production of Wikimedia Deutschland and our team, the Movement Strategy and Global Relations team. We thank Eva Martin, um, who pulls all the strings in the background and makes sure technology runs smoothly so that we can create excellent content here. Our music was composed by Roy, Rory Gregory and it is available under a CC BY license, not only on Meta, but especially on Wikimedia Commons. And of course, we thank our wonderful guests, Guillaume and Tochi. It's been a great pleasure uh, having you with us on the show. So uh, new episodes of the show will be released every month. And we hope that um, new ideas will actually be born from the conversations here, here on stage. And that collaborations that we feature here in Wikimove can be kickstarted. And Please uh, visit our meta page, our Wikimove meta page, to react to our podcast, to connect also with our listeners and to subscribe to always be notified of new episode releases and also to post your questions uh, that we can then feature in the show. And we also have an email address, not only a meta page, uh, it's wikimove at wikimedia.de. And you can continue the conversation with us here and um, suggest topics for new episodes. So that's it. Ciao for now and tschüssi from Berlin. Ciao. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.